0: Anonymous Eskimo, episode 67. M-R-E-I-C-T-O-D-N. M-R-E-I-C-T-O-D-O. Sober as... Sober... Sober... Sober, Sober as... What's up? Welcome to the Anonymous Eskimo Recovery Podcast, where my guests share their stories of sobriety, recovery, and hope for people still struggling with alcohol and drug addiction. If you'd like to help support this podcast, please visit my website at anonymouseskimo.com and click on the donate button. There you have three different options to donate. First, you can donate directly through PayPal. Second, you can make a one time donation through Buy Me a Coffee. And third, you can become a Patreon subscriber. You can also support the podcast by clicking on the store button, where you can get anonymous Eskimo merch. And while you're visiting my website, please take some time to rate this podcast and write a review. Suicide is a topic that is intertwined with mental health, alcohol, and drug use. The American Foundation for Suicide Prevention is having a fundraiser so they can continue their fight against suicide. You can help save lives and bring hope to those affected by suicide by joining the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention's Taste for Hope fundraising event on June 25th in Eagle River, Alaska, please, please consider attending this event, or even donating to the cause. You can learn more and purchase tickets at afsp.org tasteforhope. That's afsp.org slash tasteforhope. Recording from Dinaina Land, I'm your host, Ralph Sara. On this episode, I have Candace Nielsen. Candace is Unangach and grew up in Nelson Lagoon, but she now resides in Cold Bay, Alaska. Candace has been in recovery from alcohol addiction since January 1st, 2019. On this episode, Candace courageously shares her story for those still struggling with alcohol and drug addiction. So, guys, please help me welcome Candace Nielsen. Hi Candace, how are you?
1: Hi, I'm doing great. Thank you.
0: I was refer you were referred to me by somebody. Mm. Um, so I reached out to you and I found your social page and and I saw that you have another social page.
1: Yes, I do. So I have my personal account and it's open. Anybody could come and follow me anytime. Um, But I do have a more sober focused one and it's called AK Sober Love. And the idea behind it was I felt like there wasn't a huge presence on social media as far as like directly for Alaskans and that's what I was really looking for and I wanted to see and so I was like well I'll go ahead and start mine I'm not as active as I'd like to be on it I live out in Bush Alaska so it's kind of hard to use the internet without getting a ginormous bill but I do when I come across just helpful tips and whatnot I try to share as much as I can on there
0: yeah totally awesome I I know what you're you how, what you're talking about when you live out in uh rural Alaska and you and you and you can't post or look on even pulling <laughs> things up is like super slow. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. You won't see me doing many stories like videos because it takes too long.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um hey Candace before we get into it, can you go ahead and introduce yourself?
1: Yeah. Sure. So I'm Candace Nielsen. I am originally from Nelson Lagoon, Alaska. It is out on the Alaska Peninsula before the islands. I now live in Cold Bay, which is just 80 miles down the coast from Nelson Lagoon. So I've been out in the area my whole life. I am 30 and I've got a wonderful husband. Um, we've been married for five years now and I together we have three kiddos. And I also have two dogs. And I love I just love everything uh, about our lives in rural Alaska. And I'm really excited to be here and I'm really humbled that I was um, referred <laughs> and I'm, I was slightly embarrassed. I haven't seen your podcast yet, so I was floored when you reached out to me and I, I got right into listening to all your shows. And so I'm I'm honored to be here. Thank you.
0: Oh no, thank you. Yeah, it's funny how social media works because social media, uh, it you're looking at it one sided, and you could see how people, may, how many people follow you and likes and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but you don't understand. Like people are just scrolling through and they find your stuff. It's pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, there's it's a whole world out there, and when I first got into sobri- sobriety. That was one of the first things I started doing is I looked up every sober recovery hashtag I could find and I started following it because I needed that in my you know on my feed and my browsing because that's something we do so often so that was super helpful
0: yeah and it's obviously working because you you were referred (laughs) yeah
1: yeah that's really cool cool yes yes that Uh, makes me just sing my heart sings knowing that
0: cold bay um, mm. I've, I've been through Cold Bay when I, I'm a dental assistant, so I used to oh. go out to Dutch Harbor
1: oh. and,
0: uh, we would fuel up in Cold Bay.
1: Yep. Yep. That is a, <laughs> a common, um, comment when I tell people I'm from Cold Bay, it's usually, oh, I, I had to stop in there once or it's, oh, I was stuck there once. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. People- <laughs> it's not the best place to get stuck but if you get stuck with me then we can get out and have fun but some people don't enjoy it so much
0: yeah it's totally cool um mm-hmm. yeah that area you get pounded by a lot of uh, weather too huh
1: oh my gosh it is <laughs> it is never ending but i i'm pretty used to it, just having done it my whole life and i really appreciate when we have good days that's for sure <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> Candace, can you let people know how things looked like before you got
1: sober? Yeah, certainly. So for me, I wasn't a heavy, heavy drinker, I wouldn't say. But I had gotten to the point where it became so habitual that I was ready for a way out. So I, I actually never, you know, I hear stories, of people starting drinking like super early, but Um, really, I didn't start until my college days, you know, into parties. And, and then I still didn't do it every day. And I actually never started until after I had, so I had my daughter um, at 21. And I didn't realize it at the time. But after I had her, nobody talked about postpartum depression. I didn't realize um, the extremes of it. And the fact that just losing yourself and not feeling um, like doing much and just not being yourself is a part of it. And I yeah, I just took to drinking and and that was my way of coping and be feeling free and getting that break from the just the mommy break that we need. And unfortunately, I didn't know that that wasn't a healthy way to do that.
0: So when you decided to, or or when you realized that you were drinking more and you wanted Mm -hmm. to stop, Mm
1: -hmm. how
0: how did you go about doing that?
1: So, I mean, I had gotten to the point where I had to have three glasses of wine every night to, I convinced myself I needed it to sleep. I needed it to unwind. Um, It was fine. No big deal. And I just, I hit a point of where I hated myself and I wasn't happy and I knew that I was not the person I was meant to be in that space I tried I would try to take a break I'd be like okay I'm gonna take like a week off or how many ever days and I couldn't do it I could never make it past like two three days before I would have to drink again and after I don't even know how many times I had attempted it. Um, It was New Year's Eve and we were, me and my husband were at home. And at this time I had two kids and everything was fine. Everybody, we had a good time. We're, you know, not like crazy partying, but something just clicked in my mind, you know, looking at my kids and thinking about the memories I was giving them. That was not, it was not what I wanted for them. I, I was like, I just don't want this. I don't want to be distracted for one. I don't want to have any fog in my mind. I want to, I want to be present with them and I want my family to be present with them. Cause I, I grew up in a home where drinking was all the time. And so it just clicked in my mind. And the next, it was New Year's day and I woke up and I looked at my husband and I said, I don't want I don't want this anymore. I don't want this life. I don't want alcohol in my house. If you, if you want to drink, I'm, I'm going to have to be done because I can't be anywhere around it. I, by that time I figured out that the only way I was going to be able to get sober is if I got alcohol completely removed from my house. And I just, I distanced myself from any kind of partying scene. And fortunately, he loves me enough that he said, "Okay, whatever you want to do," and he'll tell you that. At first, he's like this. He was like, "I don't understand why I have to quit drinking," but okay. Um, And now, looking back, he'll he's thanks me. He's he's like, "That was the best decision we could have ever made because it it changed our lives." And yeah, so that's that's how I came to. The realization i needed it out of my life and to quit
0: oh man is uh is cold bay like a wet community
1: yeah yep it is um we have a there's a liquor store and it's pretty it's a pretty, uh, pretty norm to drink and hang out and party and i think it's pretty pretty common you know found in small towns and cold bay is not traditional village we have a lot of like transient people not a huge we don't have like a tribe or anything which for me has been kind of like I feel disconnected a lot of times because I don't have that cultural grounding or you know some place to to feel you know elders and and traditions and just the cultural practices I really I've I wish we had more of but anyways yeah
0: so you're an Unangach.
1: Mm-hmm. I am a Nunga. Um, I'm also I'm I'm a mix with everything, but that's that identifier is what is in my heart, really.
0: Mm. Yeah, the cultural mm-hmm. aspect of it I've noticed um, a lot of people kind of have that cultural uh, background and it helps a lot with mm-hmm. their recovery or their sobriety.
1: Mm-hmm. For sure. There is just healing and soul feeding, just things that come with practicing culture, hearing songs. I don't I wasn't raised in it. My family in Nelson Lagoon, my grandma had 12 kids. My mom's the youngest of them, and she raised all of them to not acknowledge the fact that they're Native, to never tell anybody because they were looked down upon and just they were treated so horribly because of it and so she didn't pass language to them um she she brought them up white as white as she could is so it's like looking back on it now it's oh it's very horrible
0: yeah, that seems like a common theme as well. You know, even even when I was growing up, I was ashamed of being Native because I lived in this poor mm-hmm. house, two-room house, you know. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until later that I found out that your, your culture is... You have to be proud of your culture, mm-hmm. you know. It's just such a big part of um, Indigenous peoples everywhere. Even... I was talking to you, even... Mm-hmm. Uh, in greenland in my mind it seems like it's just so far away and everything is different right in my mm-hmm. mind but at the same time when i was interviewing um, this person from greenland it's the similarities are you know we're practically the same seems like you know yeah uh, indigenous people all over go through this mhm right what made you decide to start standing up and sharing your story?
1: I did it right off the bat. I had to tell people and that was because I needed the accountability. I needed that the the you know, people having expectations for me. I I'm a people pleaser, that's how I am. And there's nothing wrong with that. And so I said, "This is what I'm doing." I've always shared as much as I could and being as honest as I could with people. And that was a huge part of my life that I had to get out. And I started right at, I I think it might have been like a week. I had shared, I I started using the I Am Sober app and counting the days. And I immediately started sharing that with people like, I'm at this day. I'm at 40 days. I'm at 70 days until it we were able to really celebrate that year mark which is just huge and I never thought I'd it just felt like so out of reach like uh, in the beginning there I was like there's no way I'm going to make it a year this is you know such a huge part of our lives but we did it so
0: amazing yeah social (laughs) media is really key in in a lot of my my recovery because that's where i get a lot of people to interview from because people are starting to be proud and you know Mm -hmm. recover out loud of you know Mm -hmm. be proud of their sobriety and it's just amazing
1: yeah yeah and you know the other thing too is being in cold bay it's so secluded i a lot of my closest and dearest family and friends live in other areas and so that's a part of the what like a way I can share with them what I got going on, what I'm doing. And to get the, that support and encouragement and the feedback, because I promise you, nobody's going to comment and say, I'm so disappointed you're getting sober. (laughs) You will never get that. You will (laughs) always get support and encouragement if you, if you put it out there. And I know some people feel like, well, what if I fail? And what if I, what if I drink again? And, it's okay. Like I just, I tell people it is okay. It's a part of the journey. And what's important is you, you start again one day at a time.
0: Yeah. I was, I was the king of doing that (laughs) over (laughs) and over. I can't tell you, uh, the, going to outpatients from the, you know, the nudge from the judge and, Mm. you know, I, I did two, three, um, inpatient treatments the first two I walked out of you know because I was doing it all for the wrong reasons Mm -hmm. but you know it took me realizing that I had to do it for myself you know and that surrender came when I decided that you know I have to focus on myself and be open to sharing what's inside of me you know I can't keep it in me anymore
1: yes Yep. and that's that's powerful and congratulations to you for I mean making it you're, you're doing it <laughs> that's awesome yeah.
0: yeah and and exactly I was exactly the same I, I did it for accountability this this podcast here you mm-hmm. know so that's a big thing too is holding yourself accountable and, and having a way to do that
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: of course you always I always uh find myself experiencing um FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. I, I I see I used to think that I would never have fun unless I was drinking, you know.
1: Right. Oh my gosh. I hear you one hundred percent because I'm like the shyest, awkward I struggle, but you know, when people talk to me, they're like, I don't see it. Like you're so you're so well spoken and I'm like, man, that's because I'm sitting here, like, really thinking about what I say before I say it, and drinking was, I was fun, like, just ripping it up, having a good time, laughing and dancing, until I wasn't, until I was a hot mess, and I was all over the place, and making a fool out of myself, so when I get that FOMO, I think about that. I'm like, think about the fact that you can't control yourself and you end up being the story of, you know, the next day. Like, that's not fun. That's not who I want to be remembered as.
0: Oh my gosh. And the shame uh. of what, what you did, and
1: oh my gosh. Who you
0: did, who you did it to. or
1: <laughs> Right. You know, <laughs> oh, I had, yeah, I've got so many things I, I think about and I'm like, oh, why, why did we have to do that? You know, why didn't we learn the first time you blacked out? Mm-hmm. This one time when I was in college and I, I had never, I was never able to take shots. Like people would take shot after shot after shot. I'd take a shot and I'd be blacked out. And so these kids, I passed out and they'd like drew all over my face with a Sharpie and they took oh. pictures and then they posted it on Facebook the next day and i was mortified like i had family reaching out like candace what's going on and that's like totally unexpected and i just remember i those kids i <laughs> i reamed them up and down i'm like you guys this is like this i of course i built um a boundary around that and them but i didn't learn that wasn't that wasn't like the hey Drinking is not a good idea, and these are the kind of things that will happen to you. It's like, why can't we just like notice that right away? Why do we have to continue? I don't know. But, yeah. So yeah. that's one of my embarrassing stories.
0: Oh, man. <sighs> I think that's happened to everybody. I mean, b- me before uh, Facebook and everything came out, of oh, course, yeah. and that was uh, pictures, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. And, and that uh, just, like, it, it ate you up from inside, mm-hmm. so... Mm. It 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 came to the point for me, I was so ashamed of stuff that I did or whatever that I would just drink again, you know, just mm-hmm. to not feel that shame anymore.
1: Mm hmm. Exactly. Just numb and continue on. I was raised in a house, you know, <laughs> my family, they were drinkers. And so they always said, well, you forgive and you forget and you move on.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And then you see know. those,
0: uh, you still see, I, has, I still have like acquaintances or friends mm-hmm. that are on like Snapchat and they're snapping <laughs> their, they're snapping their parties and <laughs> stuff like that, their white claws and their <laughs> trulies and, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and then uh, there's a part of me that, that still has that little inkling, you know, yeah. I mean, that, that, that. Oh, they're having so much fun, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yes. I know that for me i can't i can't even try to try to do i've I've done mm-hmm. that one one drink for me thing over and over again, and mm-hmm. I realize that i cannot you know yeah. if i do if I take one shot or whatever, yeah. you know it's that. just it's over <laughs> for me
1: right it's yeah. It's going to continue and continue.
0: Yeah. Hey, mm-hmm. our, uh, your ancestors didn't need no white class.
1: No, ah. no, Guess no. Where I got I th- that. Where? From your page. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> your right. Little, your uh-huh. meme. Uh-huh. That's funny. Uh. I, that I, I share a lot of, um you know, making our ancestors proud because that's, that's what we need to be doing. And, and drinking was not it was not a part of our culture at all and um, learning more about colonialism and assimilation and just the the intrusion into our culture and our people and our way of life it burns me like it makes me so angry it burns me to my core to think that you know, when were, was alcohol first introduced, and my mom even talks about, like, her mom, they wouldn't drink, they hardly ever drink, but then, like, these people would bring whatever into the village, or somebody would all of a sudden have this batch of moonshine ready to go, or, and and she she even said how much she hated it, and it's it's like, why, why, I hate it, I just hate it, you know, alcohol is a drug, and that's, that is a fact that I believe a lot of people don't want to accept. Like we always categorize, okay, alcohol and drugs are separate. They're not the same. Uh, To me now, at this point in my life, they are the same and alcohol is the worst drug of them all. And a lot of the reading I've done, um, I jumped right into Sober Lit and just uncovering the fact that alcohol is this huge cancer causing agent and we don't talk about that. Like, why is this not more talked about? You know, why don't we teach our youth about the consequences to our bodies? Cause I, you know, I guarantee you, we all will experiment and do whatever, but you know, the way people talk to me about drugs It made me not, I've never done any hard drugs because I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want that. And so I just wish that alcohol was treated more, you know, in that aspect and not so commonly accepted, which I know I'll get flack for saying that, but it's the truth. Yeah,
0: but you know how... All the alcohol companies and everything they sensationalize mm-hmm. drinking, you know they mm-hmm. say, "Oh, hey, look, it's fun, I mean mm-hmm. it's legal, so yeah. <laughs> you know yeah.
1: it can't be bad, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just have to moderate, it's like, yeah, well, yeah, it's still not good for you, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, that's true yeah mm-hmm. um when you when you stopped using alcohol, was it difficult for you? Mm-hmm
1: it was, it's still difficult to this day. Three years later, I still have, I, um, I get the urges and the cravings and I wasn't able to, I've never gotten to like an outpatient program. I, you know, cutting alcohol out, cold turkey. I really, I mean, if you want to do it great, but I strongly recommend getting some, um, tools in your toolbox and whether that be outpatient treatment, Um, some other kind of therapy, or I just got back into AA. They had started it up maybe five months after I had quit drinking, but they, it kind of like floundered out. It just, people stopped doing it. And so we started it back up in Cold Bay and I I needed it more than anything because I was getting to that point where like, okay, I've had a break for this long and maybe it'd be fine. You know, maybe I could just like, indulge or, you know, give myself a break or whatever, but that's not the case. And I'm finding that there's a reason behind the craving and the urges. And I have a lot of inner work that I need to do to be able to get over that and to not, you know, to to not fall for the urges or give in to temptation. Like, I, I mean, I have a couple, just like very few times, but when I have, i felt, like an idiot about it. But yeah, it's I don't know, something about wine is like it's horrible for me. The urge is horrible. So it's something I'm continuing to work on and and that's the reality of of being an addict, I guess.
0: Yeah, the challenges that you face like uh like you like like you said, the urges, you know. Mm Mm-hmm what other challenges do you face when you're trying to stay sober?
1: Well, when I first got sober, you know, I did it for my health. I was I was overweight. I felt like crap. I knew something was not right. My mental health was trash. I didn't know anything about self-care. And being a mom, it's all mommy culture, mommy wine, you know, just relax and drink your wine. (laughs) And so that's what I was being fed. And so learning different self-care tools, first of all, um, becoming aware, practicing mindfulness. So I'm still like trying to figure out, okay, something is, this is a trigger for me. I'm walking by Anchorage. Oh man, Anchorage is a huge trigger for me because this is where I partied and carried on. But so acknowledging that, like, okay, this is a trigger for me. And what do I need to do, give myself to help um, maintain that or like to not give into it and to treat myself to something else, like something that's going to make me feel, feel good, um, whether that's prayer or meditation. A lot of times when I'm in Anchorage, I have my kids and it's like, it's not the same as being home where we're like free and it's our home. And so I think that for me is an extra stressor. So, okay, I'm feeling stressed. Like what is something that is tangible that I can help with that um, feeling and just being mindful for myself and acknowledging that. It's been a huge learning curve for me because I was not, I was not raised. <laughs> like, my family is some of the toughest, most hardworking you know, like, buck up and move on kind of people, In their sweet, like, the sweetest, lovingest, will do anything for anybody, give them whatever somebody needs, but they just do not, you know, even talk, still to this day, when I talk to my mom, like, oh, yeah, I had therapy, and she's like, oh, that's good for you, I just don't, that, that's just not something I'd be into, you know, like, I was just brought up that you just, you just suck it up and move on, and you don't talk about those kinds of things. Like it it's almost mm-hmm. uncomfortable for her to like talk about me talking about my feelings. And I'm like, mom, this, <laughs> okay. Like I'm not pressuring her into any therapy anytime soon, but I'm like, it's actually really beneficial to talk about your feelings and to take that break and, and to do these self-care <laughs> practices. And learning that self-care doesn't have to be um, Pinterest perfect. Like, I can't always get in the bathtub whether you know, like and light a candle and put on some calming music, like something as simple as just taking a quick walk, eating something, taking a break and drinking some water, or just taking five breaths. Like that it doesn't have to be any more difficult than that. And I'm I'm continually learning every day. What works for me? Because that's the other thing, too. It's like, sure, you can try meditation, but if it don't work for you, then it don't work. And you just have to accept that and move along. Try
0: something different. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah. I grew up in that culture where you don't say anything, don't cry, you don't. you, you have to keep it in, you know. You got to mm-hmm. be the stoic native person, you know. Yeah. And, and it took me... um realizing that i i needed to work on myself to to mm-hmm. open up to the you know the clinician i had in there and she was just amazing
1: mm-hmm. but uh
0: once i did that it it like lifted this heavy weight off of me yeah. that i was keeping inside you know mm-hmm. and that's why a lot of people when they drink they get sad and they cry mm-hmm. you know like all this generational trauma and trauma that they happened that happened yep. in their lives, and and just e- even little bad things that happen,
1: mm-hmm. uh, families,
0: you know, uh, losing loved ones, just mm. just everything. They they stuff it in. We stuff it in, and it just yep. builds yes. and builds, you know. And when you talk to somebody or uh, somebody that lends an ear, and y- and you let this out, it becomes easier for mm-hmm. people, you know it. Maybe some people won't, you know, come on the show and maybe. and talk about what's going on with them. Yeah. But at least y- you can listen. You know, yeah. you can listen to it, or it's like somebody is listening to to mm-hmm. you. Um, tell tell about what you went through, and maybe something um, mm-hmm. experiences or or similarities. Uh, maybe you can grasp some from, from them. You know.
1: Hmm. Yeah, absolutely, I agree.
0: So uh, you you mentioned that um, Cold Bay had some AA meetings, but then they petered out. It-
1: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So they had start. It was actually our clinic um, provider providers that had started them, and it was like over tele video conference, and the person that was leading it I don't remember how, why it just like they just stopped having the meetings and then COVID of course hit and so that was mm. crazy but recently we had somebody move to Cole Bay who she was six and just getting to six months sobriety and AA was for her she was coming from Wasilla and it was a huge part of her whole um, recovery process and she didn't want to lose it coming to Colby. and I was like man let's do it yes please like I need I just need to get back into this a practice like being mindful and doing it at least once a week to talk about my alcoholism and how I am an alcoholic and it's been just so uplifting for me because I didn't in the beginning we didn't really start walking through the steps and so she was like I want to walk you know show you some of these steps and um yeah, it's it's a great program and I I know my my mom again she's if she listens to this I'm sorry mom I love you but she's like ah oh, I can never go to AA and stand up there and tell somebody I'm an alcoholic and one of my uncles was notorious for always celebrating how he got it oh, I got my chip I got my this chip I got and she's just like okay like oh, you guys are woo woo <laughs> it's not <laughs> It's, that's not the case at all. There, There's so um, many different AA meetings right now. And even, even though COVID's been making it so people can't come together, there's a huge online support system now. Like you can call into an AA meeting basically any time of the day, anywhere, and get any support that you need. So mm-hmm. it's a really great program. I highly recommend to people.
0: That, you know... Living in rural Alaska, it has to be hard because there's not a whole lot of um, ways or support um, for people who are trying to stay sober. You know, a lot of um, Mm -hmm. uh, unless unless you're you are helping other people, you know, that you're that you're in sobriety and you're helping other people, which is a big thing, you know, um, passing it along, you know, How do people in rural Alaska uh, find the resources if they want to try and get sober or, you know, or or they have a family Mm -hmm. member that is suffering? Maybe they want some um, support or advice.
1: Mm -hmm. My well, my first inclination to tell people is check, you know, check out your clinic, your medical providers, because that is really where I started. I went in. And I kind of went in a roundabout way. I just told them, um, I think I need my blood checked. I think that I'm, I made this like thyroid excuse and, and they sat down with me they're like, okay. And then eventually the quite I knew what kind of questions they were going to bring up. And then they're like, okay, are you feeling down? Do you feel depressed? And I finally just admitted, yes, I'm, I'm not healthy and I don't feel good right now. And so from there, um, they did actually do blood work and I found out I was extremely, you know, we're all vitamin D deficient, first of all, <laughs> and I had other vitamins I was in, I was deficient in. And so sometimes just like getting your body to be motivated um, or in a good place, you can feel better about, okay, now who else can I reach out to? Maybe it's Googling AA meetings. And then another huge support for me um, was our church and at the time when I first got sober our church was actually inactive and we didn't have a pastor so I told my family I'm like on Sundays we're going to the library at 11 a.m and we're going to stream whatever church service we can find and so that's what I did I started going to church on Sundays and so getting into that I met other people that had sobriety stories and they connected with me and I became, mm, I just followed God. I just listened to God's advice to me. And and God, you know, we, we talk about in AA, whoever your higher being may be. So reaching that spirituality aspect was tremendously helpful too. So reaching out to your clinic, your church, if, if you have one, and then the internet, uh, there's so much out there on the internet that you can find, for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. when you're struggling, though, it it seems like you're alone, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's why I like people uh, just posting on their social media and in their pages their TikToks even, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. That just shows people that they are not alone, you know? If you're struggling, yeah. you know, there's ways to every person in in sobriety or in their recovery are willing to either point you in the right direction or you know lend mm-hmm. an ear or help out any way that they can you know it's it's amazing
1: yeah yeah so
0: tell me tell me about alaska mm-hmm. sober lovers
1: <laughs> alaska sober love i just you know i sat there and i thought about and i thought about for a long time what i was trying to portray in this page and i just wanted to know that i'm in alaska first of all alaska is my like near and dear to my heart and where i'm from and anybody else in alaska anywhere can follow but having the love like love just knowing that you are loved no matter where you're at in your addiction where you've been what you've done like having sober love is the ultimate like the best um just clarity and presence and being loved in that you know and in, in that aspect is why I I went with that tag or however you may put it
0: hmm and, and you have a um uh like a donation a, a, a take on addiction addiction.org right.
1: yeah so this month is April's alcohol awareness month and takeonaddiction.com is doing a event, I guess you can say, uh, just an awareness project to to encourage people to get outside or just get in the gym, do something physical, like get get moving, which exercise is like the most top suggested way of of either help, like you know, helping with depression, helping with any issues you're having. Like we all need to, to get physical and exercise, and so that's what the the whole event is about is encouraging, um, supporting people to get out and to get moving.
0: Oh, and where where could they find that uh, link?
1: It's it's in my bio on the AK Sober Love uh, Instagram and takeaction.org and anybody can you can sign up and make your own profile if you want to do some fundraising on your own or you're welcome to join my team and to log those those minutes i know we're coming up to the end of the month but it's just a good encouragement and a good way to jump start um that movement
0: yeah man exercise i need to get back into exercising (laughs) You know, when I first got out of treatment, I was just so like, oh, I did yoga and I did, I ran and and then mm-hmm. life happens and you just yeah. start working again. And then, uh, but I, I always tell myself, man, I got to, I got to get back into it.
1: <laughs> I know all about it. And it's funny because I have one friend who she quit drinking um, a couple months after I did. And she always shares this this actual advice I gave her. And it was, I mean, when I first quit drinking, I thought about it. So I thought about all the time I spent drinking, you know, in the evenings I'd spend how many of her hours, like if I could spend that much time drinking, I can spend an hour or even 30 minutes just going out and taking a walk or going to our workout room or, you know, doing something that's exercise. Like I could do that for myself. (laughs) The least I could do,
0: yeah, and the the feeling you get from it is it's it's pretty awesome
1: mm-hmm it's it's the best, but I fully I mean understand we all go through seasons and sometimes you know we can't get there, but if you can do it, do it
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh what, what does your sobriety look like now? how do you live day to day now <laughs>
1: I'm still, you know, one day at a time. Some days are very easy, some days I don't even think about drinking. But there are days where I, you know, it's a thought. Now it looks like just taking a minute, saying a prayer. A lot of times I just have to give it to God like if if I'm going to drink then you're, you know, it's up to you. <laughs> like it's not a it's not in my power I give I give that up and I feel a lot of my time like I am currently just wrapping up my senior year of college I'm going up to Fairbanks on Saturday and I'm getting my degree and I'm so excited because I've been working on this for a really long time so just focusing on things that I'm enjoying doing and focusing on my kiddos and being mindfulness of where I'm at mentally, um, how I'm feeling and servicing other people any way I can, whether it's through my church or, um, my library, I spend a lot of time in and, and on my, you know, social media, just continuing sharing hope for people or, um, tips and tricks and however I can be an encouragement.
0: Wow. Amazing. Congratulations, mm-hmm. by the way. <laughs> what 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 Thank is you. your degree on?
1: I am getting my Bachelor of Arts in Rural Development, and it's through the University of Fairbanks. i highly highly recommend if anybody is interested in um, going to school, but you can't or you know you live in rural Alaska, I've been able to obtain my degree fully from distance. And they have a really amazing program. And this program has done more for my life than just getting my degree. Um, It was a part of me realizing that I, you know, I needed to be sober for my community and I needed to be sober for my family um, to really make the difference I wanted to make. And I learned that through, they have um, a lot of Alaska Native studies and just spending time in those kind of studies and learning about cultures and my <laughs> my emphasis is community health and wellness and i realized like if i want to walk around and portray health and wellness i cannot do it actively drinking i could i couldn't be i felt like a fraud if that's what i was going to be doing so oh yeah. wow yeah that mm-hmm. that's
0: like me that's like uh, my thing was like uh, if i'm doing this podcast and i can't be drinking <laughs> mm-hmm. And today from Gaslight, no. <laughs> Dang, did you hear the news about that? Oh, gosh, that's crazy stuff. Uh-uh. Anchorage. <laughs>
1: there, I, I guess
0: there was a shooting in Gaslight last
1: night. Oh, no, that's horrible.
0: I know. That's I, crazy. And I used to, I remember going to Gaslight a lot when I was younger.
1: <laughs> I, I, th- yeah, Anchorage is, it's pretty sketchy around here, man. It could
0: be, it could be. Yeah, man. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So Candace, what would you say to someone, you know, currently going through the struggles of either alcohol use or drug addiction? How would you encourage them?
1: My first encouragement is that it's that is not who you are. You know, like you are not the booze you drink. You are not the drugs you take whatever's gotten you to this place, you can get out of, or, you know, you can do something different. It is feasible. There is help out there and to, to not feel alone, even though I know for some people, you know, I, I can't, you know, fully understand. I didn't, I didn't get completely outed from my family or anything, but I, I just encourage people that you can have a, a better life and you can move on from it, but it takes work. And that's, you know, the hardest part I think for people and especially family members who have their own family struggling. Um, my mom had an alcohol problem all my life, almost, almost all my life. But this is the thing is that if you make a decision to change your life, you are going to change other people's lives. I chose to quit drinking. I never forced my mom. I never said that she had to quit in order for me to be a part of her life. But she quit. She, she quit 10 months after I had quit. And that was something I never thought I'd ever see. And, I, you know, she thanks me every day because, you know, it was kind of like leading the way. I showed her that, you know, we can do it. And so that's if if that's what you need to know that you can change somebody else's life by changing yours, then, man, there you go. You can like I'm telling you right now, you can change people's lives and you will. People that come out of addiction are the most incredible, you know, just like moving people I've ever met. Like, I feel so humbled when I meet a recovered addict Like, that's that takes a strong person, so.
0: Yeah, and and don't get stuck into things that you used to do or whatever. You can make amends, you know, in your sobriety. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's not the person that you are now. Mm -mm. And people, I think people sometimes get stuck in that part of it. You know, they they think they were a bad person. Mm
1: -hmm. And...
0: And that's, you know, that one of the questions I was asking for a little while was, does alcohol bring out the true you or does alcohol make you into somebody that you're not?
1: So I heard you ask this question in another podcast and I was like, oh, I hope he asks me this because I grew up people. I heard it before that, you know, drunken words are sober thoughts. And that stuck with me. And I thought about like my family that drank and the things that they would say and how awful it would make me feel. And quitting drinking, I realized like that is, that's not the case. That is not the case by any means because alcohol is mind altering. You are not your normal self when you are drinking or using drugs, um, you know, people say, well, I said something that I wouldn't, I wouldn't have said if I didn't have that, that encouragement. And I'm like, you wouldn't have said that because you have a conscience. And when you drink, you're, you're throwing your conscience out the window. And, and I think about the the things I said and the decisions I make, you can't make a a right decision when you drink, you know, it's just like getting in the car. You can't drive a car because you are, your mind altered. And yeah, no, I, Whoever somebody is when they're drinking, when they're sober, I do not think about them as, you know, what they were saying or doing when they were drinking. And I think that's part of why my family said, forgive and forget. It's like, <laughs> part of that is true because, you know, that's that's a different event that happened. And, um, yeah, I know people do really horrible things when when they're either high or drunk, but I don't see I just, I don't see people in that way. I can't. I see people as who they are when they're sober.
0: Yeah. I mean, in, in my case, I would, some of the stuff I I did, I would never even think of, you know? Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, th- I thought that was a really interesting question. Because a a lot of times I I would hear people say, "Oh, that's that's the true you," you know. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know about that.
1: (laughs) No, it's not. And even even if I wasn't drunk twenty four seven, I still wasn't my true self when I drank every other night. As long as I as long as I take a drink, like I am, I am not my true self. I am not treating myself the way I would you know, without it. And I don't believe that at all.
0: Yeah. yeah. Candace, do you have any Mm -hmm. other thing that you would like to get out there to the world before we end this?
1: I just, um, you know, being a mom, I have three kids now. I get the struggles that come with motherhood. And that is something I wanted to make sure I touched on whatever you're going through if there's moms listening this just like a lot of things this too shall pass first of all having little kids is it's just for now it's not forever and if you are having a hard time you've got to reach out you've got to get that help whether it's asking your friend to babysit for an hour so you can take it to take a walk to go get a coffee or asking your significant other or whoever it is, you know, for help in the house. You know, a lot of times we get, I just thought about my family, all the mothers I had, for example, these powerhouse women that cooked and their houses were spotless and they were like the ultimate moms. I felt really inadequate because I was not, you know, I wasn't checking all these boxes, but looking back on it now, I know that they had struggles And we've we've lost that village where, you know, we help take care of one another's kids and and even like the freedom of the kids just to kind of take care of themselves in some ways and and be with each other. But anyways, I just want to encourage moms out there that if you are feeling down and you're not quite yourself, you got to you got to buckle down and think about what do you need, you know, put your. Let your kids, let somebody else think about them and you got to think for, about yourself for a minute and really, you know, focus on yourself and give yourself that time.
0: Wow, yeah. Self-care mm-hmm. and focus on yourself and it'll trickle down to all your loved ones and everybody, your kids yep. as well. Yep. Well, Candace, I want to thank you so much for being my guest on, on this show and I really appreciate you sharing your story for the world. Um, thank you. Yeah. I know your story is going to send hope out there to someone still struggling. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Oh, thank you. This is, this is, makes everything worth it to me. So I appreciate you so much and what you're doing. This is so cool. I'm so excited and, um, keep it up, please. <music>
0: If you're a person in recovery who'd like to share your story or know a person in recovery who'd like to share their own story, visit my website at anonymouseskimo.com and drop me a line or leave me a voicemail so we could maybe bring hope to someone still struggling. If you'd like to help support this podcast, please visit my website at anonymouseskimo.com and click the donate button. You can also support the podcast by clicking on the store button where you can get anonymous Eskimo merch. And while you're visiting my website, please take some time to rate this podcast and write a review. Listen next week when I have another strong person who is walking with us on this recovery journey. Bura! Sober as Sober 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 as Sober as